Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is brought to our church by Micah Bosworth, who pastors Ridgepoint Baptist Church in Wenatchee, Washington. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Today seems to have a theme, at least for me, that the Lord's trying to show me something because this morning I preached, uh, we've been going through the book of Jonah, and we looked at Jonah chapter 2, where Jonah's in the middle of uh, the fish's gut, all right, in chapter number 2. If you know anything about the book of Jonah, and uh, he cries out to the Lord. It took him, took him a little while. He's a stubborn guy. So am I, though. I can, I can relate to Jonah uh, but he cried out to the Lord, and he heard him, and the process of getting Jonah back on track, it was painful. Uh, it, it wasn't necessarily comfortable. It wasn't necessarily something he would have chosen, uh, and yet the Lord used it to get him back to where he knew he needed to be, and uh, Jonah saw God work in an amazing way down in the deep, and uh, I love how the line of that song of It Is Well, if you know the story behind the song It Is Well, man... Uh, Horatio Spafford, when he wrote that song, it was after a lot of loss, and he was still able to say, it is well with my soul. And then uh, that song, Scars, uh, I love that line. Uh, I'm thankful for the scars. Uh, where is it? For without them, I wouldn't know your heart. Uh, and I love the, just thinking of, we don't always like what we go through, but it's in those things that we go through, especially the deep ones, that we actually see God's heart for us. And we actually see God's working. And that's what I want us to look at tonight uh, in Psalm 107. It's just the fact that uh, we might not always like, uh, well, let me say this. Let me ask you this question. How many of you want to see God work in your life? I think all all of our hands would go up. That's an obvious, well, duh. I mean, Pastor Micah, of course I want to see God work in my life. But, But are you willing to go through what you have to to see God work in your life? That one, some of us might go, well, it depends what's coming, you know, what's ahead? What do I have to go through to see God work in my life? And I I want us to unpack some thoughts in Psalm 107 that show us uh, what kind of people see God work. What kind of people see God work? We might not like the answer, but I promise you, if you really listen, we'll be helped and we'll be encouraged tonight in how we can praise the Lord in the way that he works. So Psalm 107 Starting in verse 23, the Bible says this, They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Did I skip a verse? No? Okay. All right. Um, Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. And this is the last verse I want to look at. It says this, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. (laughs) If you read what I just read, uh, it seems to say, hey, here's a lot of stuff we don't like to go through. Won't you praise the Lord for it? (laughs) Right? 
Uh, that's what I see. And I, I hope that we'll see by the end of it that there truly is reason to praise and to thank God for the scars and to thank God for the storms and all of that. Before we do, let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, and let's just ask God uh, to bless this time, to speak to our hearts, to encourage us, and uh, to challenge us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, and Lord, we thank you for your goodness. God, you are so good to us. You have given us so much, and we're able to have the health to be able to come together and worship and sing these wonderful songs we've sung tonight. Lord, you are so worthy of all of our praise, and we want to lift you up in that way. And God, we know that you want to, in this service, speak to us. And so, God, we ask now that you would open our hearts, open our minds. Lord, help us to have ready hearts and willing minds, and and Lord, even uh, ready action to be able to put it into practice what we hear tonight. And God, we pray that you would truly help us respond to the way that you speak to us in your word. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. That uh, phrase, oh, that men would praise the Lord and, uh, for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. If you were to read the entire chapter of Psalm 107, uh, it shows up four times. It shows up in verse 8 and verse uh, 15, I believe, and then verse 21 and verse 31. And if you were to break down each section even of uh, the chapter, you would find that those, that statement kind of caps off or begins a new statement of why we should be praising the Lord. If you look in the first section, it kind of tells us that uh, we have reason to praise the Lord for his work in redeeming us. The first couple of verses, he said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And he talks a little bit about redemption. And then he goes into the second part and talks about having, finding deliverance of God through our, uh, uh, from our transgressions and from our sins. And uh, what a wonderful reason to praise the Lord, uh, in, as it says in verse 21. And then we get to this next section, and it starts to talk about praising the Lord because of storms. Because of storms. And specifically what it says is this. The people that see storms or go through storms, those are the ones who see the working of the Lord. <laughs> those are the ones who see his works. And, and so I want us to kind of walk through and, and unpack this thought. Who sees God's works? Who sees the working of the Lord in their life? And so the first thing I would say is this. We see in verse 23 and 24, who sees the working of the Lord? Those that do business in great waters. Those that do business in great waters. Uh, he says in verse 23 and 24, they that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Uh, that's a lot of descriptive words to tell us we aren't in the kiddie pool, okay? Uh, have you ever, do you remember that time uh, that you first decided to jump into the deep end of a pool or maybe jump uh, off, of, I think of uh, a couple years ago at a men and boys camp out, we were, uh, jumping off of a cliff. And uh, for some of us, that was the first time we had ever done uh, jumping off of a cliff into water like that. I had gone bungee jumping, but I had a cord strapped to me. I, would, I didn't know it was at the bottom of the cliff that we jumped a few years ago. And uh, whenever you do that for the first time, you, you got to like get some pep talks, 
right? From, from other people and from yourself. I remember when we were jump, cliff jumping uh, off uh, for a lot of the younger boys, we were like, you can do it, you can do it. Just don't think about it, just jump, you know? And, uh, and for me, I'm like, does anybody have floaties, right? Okay, before I jump in, you got, you got to do something to gain your confidence to jump out into the deep water. Uh, or the first time you go off a high dive or a diving board or anything like that, you kind of got to pep talk yourself and get, get ready for it. Why? Well, because... Uh, the deeper you go, the scarier it is, right? Uh, there's not much risk waiting in the kiddie pool. There, there's not really much risk whatsoever standing on the shoreline and letting the water touch your feet, right? There's not really any risk in doing that. And, and yet, when it comes to the Christian life, a lot of times we, we expect to see the working or the helping of God in our lives in areas where we actually can do it ourselves. <laughs> we, we can stand there and go, oh man, I can do this. God, I wanna see you work in my life. Well, why would I work? You're standing, you're standing in this much water. <laughs> go out into the deep. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait a second, God. <laughs> uh, wait, wait a second, I don't know. I don't know about going out into the deep water because that's a little scarier. But it tells us right here, the people that, go to the deep water, that do business in great waters, they're the ones who see God's working. They're the ones who see his wonders in the deep. His wonders aren't down in the, in the shallow end. His wonders are in the deep end. His wonders are out into the unknown. That's where his wonders are. And so if we wanna see it, we're gonna have to go by faith and launch out into some great waters and do something courageous for God. The, uh, the missionary William Carey, he uh, always said, uh, a pretty famous quote by him that says, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. You, you can't attempt little bitty things from God and be like, all right, bless it big time, God. <laughs> Man, we, we need to launch out into the deep and, and do some things for the Lord. And, and that might look different for each and every one of us. But, but what's the same about that is, number one, that means we kind of got to get out of our comfort zone. If we're gonna do something in the deep waters, we gotta, we gotta get out of our comfort zone and actually go to the deep. Uh, we've gotta launch out, maybe even uh, though a storm's coming. I think of the disciples and God told them to launch out. He knew the storm was coming. They might not have, but he told them to go and yet uh, they, they did it and then they see God's wonders in the deep. He was walking on water. Peter walked on water. All that took place. Where did it take place? In the middle, not on the shoreline. They had to launch out into the deep. And, and sometimes it's gonna take us getting out of our comfort zone to do things. I think specifically in the area of maybe giving or sharing the gospel. Some, for some of us, that's, that's out of our comfort zone a little bit. Wait, you, you mean all the hard-earned money that I make, I have to like give some of it back to God? Well, the Bible talks a little bit about, and I'm not here to talk about giving or anything like that, but the Bible talks about uh, giving the tithe. The tithe is the Lord's, and we, we give that back to him. That's what we already owe him from, that, I mean, he owns it all anyways, but uh, that's what we owe back to him is the, the tithe. And then uh, on top of that, sometimes the Lord pushes or moves our hearts to give a little bit more to some other things, and we're like, wait a second, what? Yeah, that, that's, that's a little out of our comfort zone, especially if you don't aren't super comfortable with working finances and all of that kind of stuff, that, that can be out of your comfort zone for sharing the gospel. It's out of some people's comfort zone to talk to people. Like some people can't even look at people without getting an anxiety attack, right? And, and so for them to say, wait, you, 
The Bible says I'm supposed to declare the gospel to people with my life and with my words, and I'm supposed to do stuff like that. That's way out of my comfort zone. But do you want to see God work in your life? It's going to require getting out of the comfort zone a little bit. It's going to require you launching out to see him, and it's going to require faith. It's going to require faith to launch out and do business in great waters. Uh, you, <clears throat> maybe I should just say it this way. Whatever God asks you to do, no matter how scary it might seem, you're going to see him work way more doing that than you are standing on the sidelines. I remember when we were, uh, I really started feeling called to uh, start the church in Wenatchee. And I remember back in 2017, the Lord had been doing a lot of stuff in our hearts about uh, doing so. And uh, when, I, when I finally went to a pastor and said, hey, how'd you know that the Lord was calling you to go start the church in Moses Lake? And his answer was, uh, man, I've been waiting for you to ask me a question like this since February. And that was in November of that year. So the Lord had already been working on his heart. But that was a big step for us. I remember thinking, what are we going to do? How are we going to build a team? What's going to happen? And, and I, I can tell you this, we were happy here. Like I, I come back here, I'm still jealous that I don't get to lead singing sometimes, okay? I'm just saying, I loved working here and the people that we got to work with and the people we get to see even when we come back here. I love it. But, but I'm telling you right now, what we're seeing in Wenatchee, I'm seeing way more there than if I would have stayed here. Why? Because that's some deep waters for me. <laughs> But God called me into those deep waters. And man, we are seeing some wonders in the deep because we launched out and did some business in great water. So it's a little scary, but those who see the work of the Lord, they do business in great waters. And then number two, those who see the working of, great, of the Lord, they, they are those who experience great helplessness. They're those who experience great helplessness. Verse 23 and 24, it says, or I mean uh, 25 through 27, it says, For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun to end the statement with, they're at their wit's end, right? Right? Uh, this is describing someone who's not just in like a rainstorm, like it's just raining. Did you read that with me? This guy is going under the water and back up and grasping for air and, and back and forth and the ship is being tossed and he, he thinks he's gonna be tossed overboard, it seems, because he's staggering like a drunken man and he, he's just going through all of this uh, craziness in the depths and he's experiencing some great helplessness. A lot of times when we feel the Lord calling us to go out in deep waters, we're like, oh, yeah, I can do that uh, if it's going to be easy, God. <laughs> like, if I, if I can do it by myself, I'll do it. Uh, I'll go out there if I, if I know the boat, if I know uh, the destination, if I know. And we're like, you know, giving him the rundown of how he's going to do it. And then, and then he goes, no, 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 I just want you to go. <laughs> and you're like, well, I don't, I don't know about that now. <laughs> That kind of puts me in a helpless state, God. I don't really know what's going to happen if I go. Well, do you want to see God work? <laughs> You're going to have to experience some great helplessness to do so. I think of, uh, just in my own life, some times that we've seen great helplessness and experienced great helplessness, but because of it, saw some great working. I remember uh, my dad, while he was going through Bible college, uh, we were living in Moore, Oklahoma, just one of the suburbs of Oklahoma City, and 
as we were there, my dad, uh, he, my, my parents were trying to shield us as much as they could from our financial problems at the time, but uh, even as a uh, I think at the time I was probably about a fifth or sixth grader. He, I, I could kind of tell what was going on because I knew they had to pay for my dad's tuition at Bible college. They had to pay regular bills. And uh, every single week, the food in the pantry was getting smaller and, and nothing else was going into the pantry. And so I was kind of catching on, well, something's going on. And I remember uh, we, there was one week we just got down to the, the part. I mean, that now today, some of my favorite food that I eat was born out of the random throwing uh, together of ingredients that we had in this time, uh, but we we just didn't have much. We were just throwing together what we could and eat, and it came down to where we we legitimately all we had was a can of green beans and some milk in the fridge. And uh, my dad's like, "Man, we just don't know what we're gonna do." And so uh, that was kind of when they told us, "Guys, you guys are gonna eat green beans tomorrow, <laughs> and uh, have some milk and all of that." Uh, but let's just pray and ask God to do something. And we were, I, I remember as, as a young kid just sitting there for, and during family devotions, we just prayed, God, would you provide for us? Would you do something? That, we don't have anything right now. I'm looking at the pantry. My parents are telling the truth. There's nothing there. I can't go snack anything. We, we don't have anything. Would you help us, God? Would you provide? And then wouldn't you know, the next day we go, we go it's day for church. We go uh, to church on Sunday and our pastor comes up to, our, uh, to my dad and he says, hey, we have this lady uh, who just found out yesterday that she has to move to Alaska because she's helping her son with uh, a bunch of health problems, all that he has up there. So she's moving on Tuesday, and she's got to get rid of everything in her pantry and all that, you know, before she leaves today. Uh, would you Would you guys want any of it? And my dad's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> right? And so we, we go to his house, and I, or go to her house, and I remember we went in there, and uh, man, I've never seen so much food in my house. I remember uh, this, this, I think she was like stocking up for World War III or something, you know, whatever, the, or the zombie apocalypse, something, because she had every kind of cereal and all of the canned foods. And I mean, it was just a great time. And, and I remember the next night, my dad said, let's take a moment, let's just pray again and thank God for what he did. That was a time of great helplessness in, in my life as a young kid. I remember stepping out by faith, a lot of times when I was here, and uh, of course when I moved up here, it was working a full-time job and then coming into the, uh, the church for services and leading music and all of that and kind of doing a bivocational thing. And then there was, a, there was like a transitional period where I quit that job because the church was able to start taking me on a little bit part-time. And man, I, I was so excited. I, I didn't care what the pay was. Like it, Pastor probably could have said, we can only pay you 25 bucks. I would have, I'll, I'll take Mondays off and do Monday at the church. I was just so excited that God was working in any way to pay us. And it was so awesome that, uh, that I, ha- I quit that job. But I was like in this transition period where I hadn't yet started another part-time job. That was a full-time job that I couldn't do part-time. And I had to get something that was part-time so that I could work it out with the church schedule. And in that transition period, I remember there was a time where uh, Rebecca and I, we, we got to a point where it was not as bad as green beans, but we were eating like grilled cheese and tomato soup for lunch, you know, for uh, a few days. And I remember it was like, man, I start my, I get pay, my first paycheck for this next job that I just started next week, but we don't got a lot right now. And so we know what we can do for lunch. We got sandwich stuff. We got little things, but I don't know what we're going to do for dinners. 
I remember we just kind of prayed, you know, when, you, when you're in that state and you've also committed uh, to give to missions or building fund and things like that, and especially if you're, if you're a finance person and you're looking at the fact that, like, what I'm making in right now, my tithe is actually less than what I committed to give to missions to God. You're like, what is going on, God, right? And so you're, like, looking at uh, these things, and we just prayed and said, God, you know, would you provide? And we just kind of trusted God in this time. We said, if we go a day without food, like, Jesus went 40 days without food. That's perfectly fine. And I know, I know if we would have asked pastor or even asked anyone in the church, uh, you all would have, you all were, are so loving to us and our pastor so loving. They would have given, but we just kind of trusted God with it. And I remember that entire week for dinner, it started Monday night and just kind of progressively went in. Uh, some random missionary came in on that Monday and uh, as a staff person, sometimes pastor hands you the church card and says, hey, I want to take you to take this missionary out to dinner. And uh, he did that for us Monday. Hey, I can't do this. Can you take uh, this missionary that's coming into town just out to dinner on this Monday night? I was like, well, okay, sure. Yeah, I will do that. And then the next night, someone invited us over to their house for dinner. Uh, I, I believe it was Miss Anita and Brother Sam invited us over uh, for dinner uh, on the Tuesday night. And then the Wednesday night, uh, we it just I don't even remember all the specifics except for that uh, uh, Fountain Senior and Judy took us to Taco Bell, which to you might not be a dinner, but for us that was like woo. Okay, so uh, we we did that on one night, and it was just God provided all the way to uh, the the day before where we we had twenty bucks in my wallet, and I was going to use it to go get some McDonald's, and uh, and so we went to go eat some McDonald's. And we're, I'm standing in line, and another random pastor from in town uh, sees us and just walks up to me. We're about to use our last 20 bucks before I get paid tomorrow uh, to buy food. And this pastor walks up to me, and he goes, hey, God just told me to give you this. And he handed me 20 bucks. <laughs> and I was like, Rebecca, like, what's going on? Man, we, we experienced some great helplessness in that time. We don't know what we're going to do. We're, we don't know what we're going to do for dinner, and yet we saw God provide just because... That's what he does. You see God's working many times when you're experiencing great helplessness. Jonah saw it. <laughs> he, was, he, was about, he was about to die. <laughs> he was to the point where he was about to die, and in God's grace, a whale swallowed him up. <laughs> and Jonah didn't think that was his deliverance at first. He, when he prayed, uh, uh, this morning I was talking about the fact that his prayer wasn't a prayer of deliverance. He didn't ask God to deliver him. It was actually a prayer of repentance. But after repenting, you know what God did? He delivered him. It was gross. He vomited him to do so, but he delivered him. He experienced great helplessness. I can't do anything. I'm in the belly of the deep, and, and yet salvation is of the Lord, and then God has the fish vomited him out on dry land. And we see it all through Scripture too. But if you want to see the working of God, you're going to have to do business in great waters. You're going, to, you're going to have to experience great helplessness. But then also, those who see God's working, uh, they, they are those who depend upon great deliverance. Okay, those who depend upon great deliverance. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5, it tells us that uh, he's writing and he says, uh, the God of all grace, is a, it's right after he says, cast all your care upon him for he cares for you and uh, then he gets to a verse that says, uh, and the God of all grace, after that ye have suffered a while, make you establish, strengthen, and settle you. <laughs> and we like the last statement of that. Man, oh, settle me. Give me deliverance. But 
But the suffer a while part, I'm not sure if I want to get to that. And yet, when through the suffering we depend upon great deliverance, we end up finding that we see God working. I think of some examples. I mentioned Jonah, his specific words in the belly of the fish. Right at the end of his prayer, he just said this, salvation is of the Lord. He cried out to God and said, God, the only hope for me now is you. And then he got vomited out. Uh, Paul, Paul, when he was uh, supposed to, he knew he was supposed to get to Rome. God had already told him, hey, you're going to go to Rome. <laughs> you're you're going to get there. And then he gets arrested, beaten, all of that stuff happens in Jerusalem. And then because of the just the craziness of the conspiracy to kill him and all of that, uh, the Jews uh, try to kill him and he ends up having to escape uh, to Caesarea and then gets on a boat headed toward Rome. And then in the middle of that, there's this huge storm and he's with the, all these sailors and some uh, armed guards and all of that. And I love it because Paul, he says this, hey, I know we're kind of in a bad situation, but God said I'm gonna make it to Rome. So here's my words for this. I believe God. <laughs> I depend upon God to deliver me. Why? Because he said he would. And so I'm gonna depend upon him in this crazy time. You look, you even think of all of the illustrations I just shared. What, what was a common thread of every single one of them? Well, we couldn't deliver ourselves. We were helpless. And yet we depended upon the Lord and he brought great deliverance. But too often when we're in, <laughs> too often we, we launch out into the deep, uh, not always in faith, but like, wow, God said go in the deep, so I'm going to give this. And we just kind of throw something out there. We're going to do this. And then we experience great helplessness. Sometimes it's because of our own wrongful decisions like Jonah. And sometimes it's because we actually stepped out by faith to do something for the Lord. But in our helplessness, uh, we, we see the situation and our first thought is, how can I fix this? The sailors in Jonah chapter one, they, they tried to not have to throw Jonah overboard. They rowed and they rowed and they rowed. They did the same thing with Paul on that shipwreck. Uh, before the shipwreck, they rowed and they rowed and they rowed. They threw cargo out. They were doing everything they could. And a lot of times when we get in that, uh, that state of helplessness, we don't actually realize how helpless we are and we go, how can I fix this? But if we wanna see God work, then we can't do the work. <laughs> Does that make sense? We, we have to depend upon him to deliver us. So depending upon great deliverance and uh, uh, having the mindset of, I can't do this myself, I must trust the Lord to do it. So if those that <clears throat> see the works of the Lord are the people that go out in great waters and do business, those that experience great helplessness and those who depend upon him for great deliverance. When all that takes place, and I, I think all of us could probably share testimonies of times that's taken place in our life. When that takes place, what's the next step? Well, the psalmist says, we praise a great savior. <laughs> we praise a great savior. Man, when, when God says, hey, launch out into the deep and we go, okay, I'm gonna go out and do that. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves in a, a situation where we're like, I can't, uh, you told me to do this, God, but I can't do it. Uh, I'm depending upon you for deliverance. And then he delivers us. Don't you dare, don't you dare go, man, that was a close one. Glad I could get out of that. We literally just depended upon God's deliverance. And yet oftentimes when we get out of it, we go, Yep, 
That was a doozy. And we never stop and take time to say, God, can I praise you just for a moment for your wonderful works that now I've seen? I didn't necessarily like the process, but I saw you working that whole time, God. So let me just take a moment and praise your name. Praise you as a great savior for doing what you've done. So when we hear passage like this, just here's a few questions. I'll close with a few questions. Just learning to live by what we hear. Here's some questions we should ask ourselves. First of all, what area, maybe areas, do you need to launch out? What areas do you need to launch out? Is God working in your heart to share the gospel with some people in your workplace or in the school that you attend or anything like that? Is God moving you or directing you out of your comfort zone? Is What area or areas do you need to launch out to see God do something amazing? Another question we could ask is, are we currently in a helpless situation? Maybe by our own wrongdoing or maybe by the fact that we uh, stepped out by faith in the Lord. Well, are we going to look for God in the midst of that helpless situation? Not trying to work it out ourselves, but truly looking to God for it. Are we trusting in God for deliverance or are we trusting in ourselves for it? And then lastly, I would just ask this, what works of God do you need to praise him for? Trials, storms, all of that, it's often said uh, and I think it's been said from this pulpit multiple times that uh, it's, it's something all of us go through. We're either about to go through one, we're currently going through one, or, uh, or we just got out of one, right? Uh, and, and when that takes place in our life, <clears throat> man, we just need to take a moment and say, God, for your works, I'm gonna praise you. So maybe you just got out of a storm and you need to look back on it and say, God, I wanna praise you for working. Maybe you're in the midst of the storm and you can presumptively say, God, I know you're gonna deliver me. I'm gonna praise you. And maybe you're looking forward to a storm. You don't know what's coming, but you know something's coming because let's face it, we all go through stuff. You know something's coming. You can determine in your heart right now, God, whatever happens, I'm gonna launch out. I'm gonna trust you. No matter how helpless I feel, I'm going to depend upon your deliverance. And when you work, God, I'm going to praise you. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.